Hi everyone and welcome to the Sweet Spot on a Farm episode 69. If you never listened to this podcast, it's all about health and food. And because there are many professionals out there who know an awful lot more about this than I do, then the point of this podcast is for me to learn from those who know their stuff. And it's my search for an answer to how can we achieve healthy body and mind with the resources available to us locally. And I'm looking at what we can do to improve our health and what and how we eat to support it. My guests come from various backgrounds and are professionals in their field. And they all have a lot of valuable information to share to provide us with the tools we need to lead a healthy, happy lifestyle that is personal to each and every one of us. We talk about their work, their passions and their lifestyles and... um, We share cooking tips and plant-based recipes that we can all easily make at home. And my guest today is a fellow good, healthy, fresh food lover who makes the most delicious plant-based cheese. And she's laughing, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The only plant-based cheese I don't actually have any bad reactions to. And the one I'm slowly but surely getting properly addicted to. Uh, my guest today is Antonella, the founder of Nourish Good Food. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's a, a great intro. Thank you very much for your kind words. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. Um, I don't know why you were laughing because your cheese is absolutely delicious. Um, but um, first of all, I absolutely love your name. And um, it's obviously, you are not from here. So tell me about you. How did you end up in Belfast? And what made you start making plant-based cheese in this lovely city? Okay, so my name is Italian. My dad is Italian, but I was born in Argentina. So I'm half and half. Um, What brought me to Belfast? Love. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of a funny story, but in 2013, I was on holidays in the States and I met Adam. Nothing happened (laughs) back then, but we stayed in touch. And then we sort of reconnected in 2019 and I was living in London then. And yeah, things progressed quite quickly. And um, yeah, and then we decided to move here. So that's how I got to Belfast and cheese. Um, I remember your episode with the hardy growers and Terry saying that sort of mushrooms happened to him. This is kind of a similar story. It's not like I consciously decided like I'm going to start making cheese. It sort of happened. I started um, doing meal kits back in April last year and um, yeah, I was I was doing a different job that sort of ended abruptly and it was like, okay, it's now or never. I need to get back uh, into the food world. And I started with that and I'm always, I'm very curious. I always want to learn more and I want to know how to make everything. So I started doing more research about cheese and um, yes, I started playing around. I made adam my partner try it and he is not vegan uh and he loves his cheddar and uh, but he tried it and he's like this is actually really nice other people should try this too so in august last year i did my first sort of cheese board that i delivered to people and uh, the feedback was great and i was 
I liked it, but um, yeah, I didn't expect everybody to like it as well. So I was like, okay, I think there's something here. So um, then there's a shop here in East Belfast, uh, Nature's Way. And I go there often and one of the girls who used to work there, she's vegan. And I was like, Helen, can you try this for me? Let me know what you think. And she tried it and was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, it feels like proper, really umami, flavorful cheese. It's like, I've been missing this and we have to get you in the shop. You need to sell your cheese here. And I was like, okay, I love that. I hadn't even considered it. So it just sort of happened organically, which um, it's been great. It's been a very uh, up and down journey, just as a small, very small uh, business owner. It's um, just doing everything, you know? So um, yeah, but it's been very rewarding. So that's uh, kind of how cheese, happened to me that's lovely but you know these stories are the best because that just means that it was meant to be it's yes. just meant it was meant to yeah. happen yes i agree i feel like it's important to be tuned in to what sort of the universe energy is telling you it's like yeah this is look this is flowing just go with the flow so it's like okay let's just go with this so i still do some people sometimes would contact me like oh i have a special occasion can you cook something for me and i would still do that but it's yeah i want i want the cheese thing to work and um yeah just giving it my all and i know that if for whatever reason it doesn't um people still need to eat so there will be food to make <laughs> uh so yeah but no i'm um uh, things are uh, progressing nicely and I'm getting a new stockist this week actually so you I think by the time this airs uh, it will be uh, known but indie food so they're going to be Amazing. stocking the cheese which I'm very proud they I love their concept how they celebrate small local producers and just having a cashew based a plant-based cheese next to um dairy cheese i think it's a great victory of course they're being lovely about it and just like they want to be careful and um just to avoid cross-contamination and things like that so yeah i'm very excited that is very exciting so you revealed what your cheese is made out of how did you come up with your recipes and which ones were the first one? Which one was the one that your partner Adam tried and said, "Okay, this is great." So it was not. It's not. I didn't come up with this. The thing is, cashews have this. They're amazing because they are creamy. Their um, flavor is quite neutral, and the balance of protein and fat is quite good. It you can use cashews to make loads of different things. And uh, yeah, most of the um, of the like um, plant-based cheese producers use cashews. You can also use almond, but um, yes, cashews seem to be the standard. So started with that. So um, it's been a long journey. So I made my first cashew cheese back in 2012. So it was like a cream cheese type thing, and then it's it's just doing research. There's so much information online and just being just 
trying stuff out. It's like, okay, I'm discovering miso and how it adds this depth of flavor. And um, it's somebody said to me, I'm. It's not that I'm a great recipe developer, but I like flavor and I'm able to infuse flavor into food. So I think that helped when um, the time came to develop the recipe. Um, the first, the one that Adam was like, wow, was the cheddar, actually the 24 carat that I call. Um, that is it's, gorgeous. It's, it's, sometimes I kind of forget about it and then I try a little bit, it's like, this this is this is good. <laughs> so because he is a cheddar uh, lover, so when he and he can be, he's lovely. He would eat anything I make. But if I ask for feedback, for honest feedback, he doesn't hold back. So for him to be, yeah, this is this is really good. I was like, okay, there must be something here. And um, yeah, so that one was like the first one, and uh, yeah, and then it all kind of evolved. From there so how do you come up with new recipes new formulas how do you select your ingredients so I <laughs> I am obsessed with food <laughs> so that is the truth it's not like just about eating it's about cooking and discovering new ingredients and spices and herbs and uh, combinations um, there is this um, chef you know uh, Otto Lenghi Jotam Ottolenghi. Yeah. He is Italian Jewish. He is he's not vegan or anything, but he is a master of spices and herbs and I love him. And he comes up with like really things. For example, he I remember this this ragu recipe. So you think ragu Italian and there's suddenly cumin in the recipe and you're like what? It's like, okay, I'm just gonna follow this through, see what happens, and it's just gorgeous. So it's like, okay. So I think it's about keeping an open mind, and uh, yeah, I'm just constantly thinking about what I'm gonna cook, what I'm gonna eat, what I can, I don't know, just trying different things, and sometimes things just come to me, so I have, I keep uh, notes um, my pho- in my phone, and uh, yeah, and then I just Sometimes it takes me months to actually try them out. And sometimes, like a couple of weeks ago, I had a very, I don't know, I felt very inspired. January was kind of a slow month, so I had more free time. So I tried a few new things. I have a new cheese um, <laughs> for Easter that I'm very excited about. It's more like summery flavors. And uh, yeah, so did I answer your question? I don't know, I'm just bubbling. <laughs> No, that's that's very much like uh, like I think most people are really really passionate about flavors. That's that's how they kind of. It's very. It's not a very straightforward process, isn't yeah. it? It's just, yes. and it either works or doesn't. And I don't know if it's like that for you, but um, if I develop new recipe, it's usually by an accident. Um, I, I realized that what I like to do is, um, if I find a recipe that I want to try. I just follow it the first time and then I sort of like reverse engineer it and it's okay I'm gonna try leave this out add this so it's just but the first time it's like okay I want to know how it's supposed to come out and then I'll just tweak it sometimes destroy it but uh yeah it just it depends on so many things how inspired you're feeling how much time you have sometimes there's 
I've been wanting to make um, fresh pasta for months now. I got a pasta machine, you know, the old school sort of nonna, like your Italian grandma thing. I haven't been able to use it just yet. So I promised Adam I'm gonna make some fresh pasta for um, Valentine's Day. If it doesn't come out right, we'll just use dry pasta. <laughs> but uh, now I like to do um, a lot of research when it comes to recipes as well. See like, okay, I think take inspiration from different sources and then, um, and then sometimes, yeah, I also do wing it, but uh, I prefer to follow the first recipe like to a T and then just modify it if I feel uh, it could do, I could do something different. Now, see, so you were talking about spices and uh, how do you source your spices, your ingredients that you use in your cheese and in your cooking and how do you what is important for you to get a good quality ingredient how do you look for suppliers yeah so it all it's slowly changing because as this is um i don't like to call it a small business i like to call it a tiny business <laughs> so it all started with supermarket because i was not i didn't know this was gonna happen so um it started with that and then i moved on to um well unfortunately amazon because you get good value and i like to use organic ingredients where possible the dream would be to use organic cashews the problem is that the price then of the cheese of the final product will go up considerably and with brexit because i did find a supplier that offered a good price for organic cashews but they're not delivering to northern ireland so <laughs> that uh, at least now for now hopefully that will change in the future but um i so if you have the most expensive one i don't know let's talk about um in the, the new cheese i'm making a new cheese for valentine's day it has sumac so you can find it for like really cheap but i'm sure like that's not gonna be good it's just about, I've always been, <laughs> coming from Argentina, we're used to searching for the best price, but it's not, it doesn't mean the cheapest price. You want a good balance between quality and price. So I know you can find in some supermarkets a huge bag of sumac for like a couple of pounds. That doesn't make any sense. It's not possible. So it's probably has sort of fillers or something else. I don't want to use that. So um, yeah, I just try to, I do, when I go shopping, it's like I'm all over the place. Cause I know, for example, Sainsbury's, Marks and Spencer's, they have really good, when it comes to spices, I like the, the quality of their spices. Um, if I also go to other smaller local supermarkets, I buy some stuff there, but no other things. So yeah, I'm just like all over the place when it comes to shopping, but that's the way that I like it. I feel comfortable. I choose what I think is best. And if there's something I've changed suppliers sometimes, cause I find something better. Maybe it's a bit more expensive. But if I feel that I can afford it in the whole cost and I, I like doing that, for example, when I started making the black pepper cheese, I just used just like regular pepper. And then I just looked, did some research. I was like, yeah, I can't afford organic black pepper. Let's go with that. So yeah, slowly um, 
yeah, just modifying, improving uh, the quality of the ingredients um, as far as I, I can. It, it, it Brexit, I think, did hit a lot of suppliers that yeah. way, and I find it myself. I'm, uh, I've been developing uh, uh, body facial and food scraps okay. um, from um, from coffee, and I've been doing that since the first lockdown. So it's 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 been a long process, and then um, um, trying different. It is amazing because I use essential oils, but I also use dried herbs and flowers and and it is incredible the difference in quality Mm -hmm. from supplier to supplier and then you obviously you do hit the wall that a lot of the organic stuff is not deliverable to northern ireland because it's not um it doesn't work out financially for the supplier to deliver in smaller quantities if i was to order 20 kilos of dried lavender they would deliver no problem but it's for them to deliver me organic lavender that's like 100 grams when they have to pay massive admin fees to Mm -hmm. export organic goods it's not really it doesn't make sense for them so they don't do it and um yeah it's obviously organic yeah i totally feel for you because we buy uh we buy nuts and seeds and a lot of food in bulk Mm -hmm. and getting organic to Northern Ireland for a reasonable price. It is a good quality, obviously. It is really difficult. It's really difficult. I mean, it's not even... I'm sure if if I contacted them, like, I need 100 kilos of cashews, maybe they would. But when you go to the websites, it already says unfortunately at this time we're enabled and you're like no um so yeah so i've just accepted it for now and hopefully things will change in the future and um yeah but as i said all the things that i can i do use organic like i make mozzarella so the tapioca starch is organic the coconut oil is organic um turmeric is organic the hemp seeds are organic so yeah all of the things that i can get organic let's go for it let's talk about your mozzarella yeah. <laughs> how did you develop that because that was the first cheese yes i tasted and i could not believe i love mozzarella yes. but i don't eat dairy and i haven't yes. for many many years and that was one of the things that i really really love yeah. and miss i don't normally miss cheese but mozzarella is like yeah, having the tomato and mozzarella and basil salad or putting oh my god. I know. <laughs> and for the first time in many, many years I was able to eat it and I absolutely love my partner who does eat normal dairy yeah. cheese, he loved your mozzarella. Yay! <laughs> that is the best compliment. <laughs> <laughs> How on earth did you manage to create such a beautiful thing? Um uh, it was a lot of research. I have to admit it's not my recipe so i have been studying with different people um i have done courses like um plant-based workshops in uh, buenos aires in argentina online everywhere so it's kind of like a combination of all of these things that i've learned and the research that i do but basically i think what is for me was the flavor it just tastes dare I say milky I was like what is happening with this and of course I made it so I knew there was absolutely no milk but it's just basically it's a mild 
fermentation of cashew milk that gives it that flavor there isn't there's no other flavor added it's just salt i mean you can read the ingredients when you get it but it's just salt uh tapioca starch to sort of sort of uh, thicken it up and um agar just to make it stay sort of congealed uh but yeah it's just and with the salty brine it's just the whole experience it's it reminds you of like dairy mozzarella uh without all the the the, the things that go into that so having when it's finally summer and you get the nice tomatoes and you get like enjoying that it was yeah i was amazed <laughs> yeah. it it was gorgeous <laughs> yes oh i God. i uh yeah i really do like that one it's not um it's it's not for everyone but it's like people either don't really mind it or just love it so uh yeah I'm, I'm glad you're one of the mozzarella lovers <laughs> i am definitely i am hooked now what i i know you talked about the kind of a bit erratic and and, and crazy yes. creative process but what tends to inspire you do, do you have like when you when you get those ideas that you and notes that you put into your phone do you find yourself maybe specific moments or something specific around you that inspires you to come up with new crazy idea or is it mainly other food or other cook like cooking yeah. something? I think um, it's not going to be a straightforward answer because I don't, I think it's just everything. It's, it depends. I don't know. Some, something gets triggered in my brain and um for example, last weekend we were watching something. Um, uh, it was, I think, it was a Saturday night. We were watching some TV show, and just something came to me out of nowhere. But it's because I feel like my brain, there's something always going, just like this little engine just keeps running, and suddenly it's like, there you go, there's a new idea. So I'm like, okay. So I had to, oh my god, I was like, pause that. I need to write this down. So I, I don't know. It's just everything. I don't really know how it happens. But yeah, food. Um, for example, I find Pinterest to be a fantastic source of inspiration because you. I don't know. Sometimes I have an ingredient. It's like okay, I want to do something different with this. I don't know cauliflower. So I just type cauliflower, and all these things that come up are like oh. I also have this, I have that. Oh, let's try and make this. So um, it's just that and eating out. I don't, um, I don't eat out a lot because I, this is gonna sound a bit wanky, but I'm disappointed a lot of the time because I go out and then people maybe rave about a place and then I'm like, oh, okay so um, do you always think you'd make nicer food uh, at home I, I do, do. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't want to admit it. I'm sorry uh, but I do and the thing is I, re I remember this is was months ago we somebody some part of the vegan in Belfast group and somebody was raving about this sort of uh, Japanese takeaway place so I was like oh let's go try it because we're gonna be in the area we did we paid 24 pounds and i was like what is this <laughs> it's like you know what i can make with 24 pounds of course but it's um it's i don't know 
but yes, I'm glad you understand because I know it might sound a bit like, uh, who do you think you are? And uh, there are places in the city that I absolutely love and I've been wowed. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so I just rather go out, uh, maybe not every weekend, but once a month to like a really nice place and have a, a, a wonderful experience. Cause it's not just about the food, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like a nice treat. So let's make it a nice place, good service, nice food. But yes, I think if it's plant-based, it's a little bit more difficult because it's only kind of starting and, and places, restaurants and cafes, the only starting kind of creating and experimenting with more adventurous mm-hmm. and flavorsome mm-hmm. plant-based foods. Yes. Whereas years ago, um, you wouldn't have known because you didn't live here back then, but I remember years, I, know, I don't know, it mightn't have been the same in London, but like years ago, you would have gone to a restaurant or a cafe and the only thing on plant-based menu or gluten-free menu, because mm-hmm. I don't take gluten either, mm-hmm. would be gluten-free pasta. Okay. And that would be, and it would be literally like pasta with some pesto sauce. Okay. And um, and you were lucky if it was actually homemade yes. pesto. Oh, yeah. yeah. And some vegetables and um, usually... Uh, frozen vegetables just defrosted and cooked up yeah. and that that's like that's your plant-based meal yeah. and that that was a standard you wanted a plant-based meal you knew you were gonna have pasta yeah um, or I chips was, or or chips you yeah. were lucky because then were, i learned that a lot of people here fry chips in beef in the, in the, yeah yeah i was like what so so yeah i mean i'm not vegan but so for me i basically resorted to if you wanted to have a healthy good quality meal um it just wasn't gonna be Mm plant-based it was gonna be either lovely fish or if you knew a place um that would uh, work with local organic Mm -hmm. um natural farmers you would get a good quality steak or a chicken breast with beautiful fresh Mm -hmm. organic vegetables Mm -hmm. and that was way better option than a pasta that would have a sauce that contained yeah. a lot of the time sugar yes. and frozen vegetables. Yeah. And so there weren't that many mm-hmm. options. It's mm-hmm. getting better now. Yeah. But um, because the I think I think it's a lot of cultural thing. Yes. Because yeah. obviously the Irish cuisine it's <laughs> you know spuds, meat, yeah, meat butter, and two veg. A, yeah. You know, <laughs> just dairy and meat yeah. and everything yeah. and um, a lot of fruit vegetables. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with root vegetables. I love yes. root vegetables. Yeah. Oh my god. But Same. there's also nothing wrong being a little bit more experimental yes. <laughs> with those vegetables. Yes. True. So it's only starting. So I think that when you're it, it is a bit more difficult to find a really delicious, especially some for somebody like you who cooks a lot and who's a professional to find a restaurant that offers a really delicious plant-based yeah. option that you would really appreciate and go wow this yeah. is great yes um i'm not a professional but <laughs> I, uh, i'm very interested but no um i think that what happened what's happening it's that vegan used to be still is in some cases an afterthought it's like okay let's just put something for the vegans there you go there, there, there you go you have something stop whining but I think people now are realizing there is a market. People are looking for interesting, innovative vegan food. 
and uh, like it's my I've, I'm open to paying a bit more going out a fewer times but just getting something that's really good so I think it's starting to take uh, more of a um, uh, front premiere precision like people are starting to be like okay let's actually sit down and let's develop something that is nice so yeah very exciting also i think the food scene in belfast is growing loads and it's changing a lot and people are really eager to try different foods like there's this whole filipino food movement and um or scene and uh, neapolitan pizza scene and uh so yeah exciting times to be here what actually makes you personally passionate about plant-based food it's been a long journey it has changed i think that vegetables don't get the recognition they deserve (laughs) i think that a lot of people grew up with like eating or thinking that vegetables are just like meant to be eaten boiled to death and uh that's not the case i think we if you respect i'm gonna sound like a crazy person but if you respect if you honor the ingredients whatever ingredient it is you get the best you possibly can afford and then you cook it in a way that you're yeah you're doing it in a thoughtful way you're gonna get the best out of that and um i'm just amazed of how flavorful a plant-based meal can be beyond i think it's about building flavor and uh that's why also i like herbs and spices so much because they can transform a, a vegetable completely and i remember adam uh he he thought <laughs> he hated courgette and aubergine and i've cooked it um both of those for him and he's like oh this is actually nice. I never had this prepared in this way. Uh, he used to hate corn. He now loves it. And um, But yeah, his experiences with those vegetables were like, or super boiled or just mush. So he's like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really like that. It's like, let's give it another go. Um, it's that. And then I think it's all intertwined. It's about health. It's about... Um, for me, it was so Argentina is famous for its beef, <laughs> and uh, I just it came. I just realized that I wouldn't be able to kill an animal to eat it myself. So I felt like like a hypocrite paying someone else to kill it. I tried my best not to be judgmental. It's a journey, and it might happen for people. For other people, it might not. I just think also that it's very important to know where your food comes from. Then you make whatever choice you want, but information is power and you're putting all of those things into your body. That's the fuel that you're using. So then you see high cholesterol, other worse conditions develop and people wonder why. Well, maybe we should look at what we're eating. Even if it's vegetables, are they like, full of pesticides or whatever so I think it's important just to know then as I said not everyone can afford organic all the time just buy the best quality you can afford 
I think. But I totally agree and I really like the way you put it about honouring the ingredient, honouring the food. Yeah. And yeah, I, I totally get it. The the boiling vegetables to yes. death. It's 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 slowly changing though. People yes. now kind of realizing and, and you know, steamers yes. came into fashion yes. and people realize that actually raw vegetables are pretty tasty. Yes. And actually one thing I I kind of um observed whenever I moved here is that vegetables people don't know how actual vegetables taste because they tend to drown it in sauce. Yeah. <laughs> and marinate it in everything and I'm just like you know, actually steamed broccoli with nothing oh on it. Oh my god, it's so good! It is so I tasty. Know. I know. Um, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a sucker for sweet potatoes, obviously. So yes. like just plain steamed, or even baked if you have to bake it, sweet potato with nothing on it. Yeah. Um, you don't even have to put salt on it. It's just really, really yeah. yummy. Yes. And then. You know, seeking spices and herbs that complement the flavor of the vegetable rather than kill it and drown and then you don't know what the vegetable tastes like. For me, it's funny that you said that about the sauce. I I still like the Sunday roast. So you have this colorful plate because you have your Brussels sprouts, your broccoli, your carrots, your potatoes, and then gravy, like a whole bucket of gravy on top. Don't get me wrong, I love gravy, but it's like... You can't taste anything else. It's just gravy. So it's like, okay, but what if we... Um, so I started making Sunday roast, vegan, obviously. But um, I just like... I really love roasted vegetables. I think it brings out like a... I don't know, like a sweet... Like they sort of caramelize. It's just, it's just so good. So then it's like, I don't actually use gravy on top of the vegetables. Because I want to like... Um, taste their flavor so uh yeah adam's still very much on the gravy train he's like yeah let's douse everything but um some something funny happened last sunday regarding vegetables and incorporating more vegetables into his diet i was really tired and i didn't want to cook anything so we had processed food but we had rorsums which are like this corn um uh the corn dinosaurs and hash browns and that was it i was like let's have two of each that's that and he's just like but are we gonna have anything green on the plate do we have a bit of salad i was like excuse me <laughs> what is happening to you so it's like yes we do have salad let's make a small salad so that was the first time and i was surprised it was a very welcome surprise but um yeah <laughs> That sounds really good. See, you're a positive influence. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, the gravy, that is funny. That's like, I noticed that pretty much yeah. as soon as I moved in here. That's that's not, you're not even having, you don't even see the vegetables on the plate. It's like having, having like gravy with vegetables yeah. rather yes. than someday roast vegetables with gravy. Yes, yes. <laughs> gravy True. definitely dominates. Yeah. Then you kind of just think, why don't they just drink the gravy? Like, yes! Just pour it into sure. a mug and just, just <laughs> make shots a, of a bowl of gravy with a few bits of carrot and whatever, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, let's not give people ideas. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I We're not slugging Irish cuisine here. Oh my here. God, no, look, no. I love... I've always, I mean, who doesn't love potatoes? But coming here, for us, back home, we have 
is like what we call washed potato or just like a, basically like a dirty potato so you can buy it already washed uh, or with some um, soil around it that's it i don't know that's potatoes so coming here and realizing the different varieties of potatoes cumber potatoes oh my god i can just eat those i just roast them whole no salt no nothing just like oh my god they're so nice so absolutely not go irish go irish <laughs> produce we saved it i think we saved it. you saved it <laughs> um okay talking about potatoes and vegetables have you got a favorite one this is so hard i've been thinking about this for a while um because i really do love all vegetables and um i was gonna say so i love garlic so much that i want to get it tattooed <laughs> i just love like i usually i like to ask this question uh to people they are like what this is impossible if you had to choose so this is for you Susanna. if you have to choose um do you use olive oil yeah okay so it's one has to go. It's either garlic or olive oil. <laughs> Always garlic. Okay. I me, love olive oil too much to let it go. For me, it's like, no way. I'm keeping garlic because it's so, you can use it in different cuisines. So I'll just make Asian food. There's no olive oil in Asian food, but I need my garlic. But I'm not going to go with garlic. I'm going to go with courgette. Oh, very nice. I think it's because it doesn't have a very strong flavor. I think it's a very versatile vegetable. So I remember telling Adam, I've always loved crochets, but my mom, so my mom was always a very good cook in her forties. She actually trained as a chef. So I think also that is part of my own journey when it comes to cooking. But I used to love just like steamed courgette with olive oil, a bit of lemon juice and salt. That to me was like, oh my God, amazing. Adam, he's never tried it yet. He's like, I'm not having that. That sounds ridiculous. I don't want to eat that. It's like, okay, missing out. But you can make fritters, pasta, just a uh, sort of spread. I love it. I just like grilled with lemon zest, mint, garlic, chili, olive oil, a bit of balsamic. It's it's just, it's a great vehicle for flavor as well. It adapts to different flavors. So um, yeah, I'm gonna go with courgette. <laughs> oh my God. Have you ever tried making vegan lasagna with courgettes? Yes. Like that, I love that. But you, you do sort of need those big, massive, or all the like the overgrown, yes, sort of stuff. What do you call it, marrow? Yeah. Marrow, yeah. Yes. You do need marrow for it. But oh my god. Yes. Well, we last so we have a small allotment in arts, and uh, I was so from the courgette plant. You can eat obviously the courgette, but you can also eat the blossoms. Yes. So I was more interested in the blossoms than the actual. Crugette, so we planted a whole bed. I didn't expect them to, they all grew. We had, we didn't know what to do with the crugettes at some point. So we started, I was like, Adam, give this to your workmates or give it to, people didn't know what to do with it. They were like, I've never had this before. I was like, what? So what do you mean also? Because it's quite easy to find in every supermarket. So I was just, I don't know, I was quite surprised. But um, yeah, I like to make a white lasagna with that. So I make like a bechamel sauce. 
I make, so when I have leftovers, I make like a truffle cheese. So I put that with the, along with, I don't know, if I have asparagus or whatever, the crochet, obviously. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm glad you mentioned the blossoms. I love them. I make oh them God, stuffed yes. and then chuck them yes. in the oven. Oh my God. Mine got fried. Oh, I know that's not very healthy, <laughs> but that's what, that's how I try them for the first time when I was, so as I said, my dad is Italian. So when I was 10, we went to Italy for the first time and his aunt cooked that. And I was like, what is this? First of all, I was fascinated by the fact that we were eating flowers because it was not common back then. So I was like, ooh, this is great. And then it's, yeah, they're lovely. So uh, yeah, we had loads of blossoms this summer. They are beautiful. I, I just think that they make any meal look absolutely oh gorgeous God, you can yes. just chop them up and just sprinkle them over a bowl of yes. salad and it looks like yes. you know five star yes i well i know you don't eat gluten but i made a focaccia with the blossoms as well it's all mixed uh, within the dough and it was lovely <laughs> it was good have you got a favorite recipe with courgette that people could easily make at home yes so it's um I have two, but you tell me which one you want to hear. So one is crujette. Okay, great. <laughs> That's what I was hoping you would say. Um, uh, one is crujette fritters. So I use uh, it's chickpea flour as a it would bind everything together. So it's grated crujette. I'll get the amounts to you because the truth is that I just eyeball it, but I will get a recipe written down. But it's, you can get, the thing is, it's um, with one courgette, you can feed two people. So it's a very cheap recipe. And it's uh, chickpea flour, uh, grated courgette, uh, a little bit of olive oil, some water. And then I like to add lemon zest, lemon juice, chopped coriander. I love coriander. You can leave it out. It will still work. And crushed chilies. Coriander. I don't understand people who don't like coriander. What is wrong with them? <laughs> they say apparently it's this genetic thing that some people feel it tastes like soap. So I'm like, are you crazy? And the thing is, I feel like I'm developing a tolerance to coriander. So I need more and more and more and more. And Adam is not a huge fan. He eats it, but he doesn't love it the way that I do. So uh, I just... I. Yeah, if I'm garnishing a plate, I just put a few leaves for him, but on his uh, plate, but I just, it looks like a coriander salad when like, if you're having like a, like a kidney bean chili or something, I'm just like, yep, a whole bunch of coriander on top. I love it. I always have to apologize because Steven's the same. He doesn't like coriander yeah. as much. He, he'll he eat it. Yeah, it's the same. He'll just eat it, same. but he doesn't really appreciate it. So when I forget myself and put like loads of coriander, there's never too much coriander for <laughs> exactly. me. Exactly. But I can see it's probably too much. I have to apologize. I'm sorry. I just forgot. Yes. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Uh, it's like, don't worry. I'll eat it. You can just get take it off his plate. So, um, okay. So all of those things you make like a, yeah with like a paste and then you just fry spoonfuls of this thing do you squeeze the water out of the grated courgette first or do you just leave i it? don't because it takes a lot of time the thing is i i'm i'm very fast in the kitchen if you leave the courgette sitting uh, there it will start to release water so my suggestion if you like to take your time is just mix the chickpea flour and all the seasoning first and then just grate the courgette on top of that. You can mix it 
and then just um, uh, just fry it. Uh, you can also make you can bake them if you want, but the truth is that they will start to sort of spread, so you will get like this sort of flat flatbread if you want to call it. But uh, so that is the um, less healthy option because it's fried. But then the other one is a crochet pasta, so you can use any pasta you like. The idea is that in the time that your pasta is cooking, you make the sauce. It's a very quick um, thing to make. You put in a saucepan some olive oil. Uh, you can use shallot or I love red onion. Uh, just like minced red onion and just cook that for a bit at low heat. You don't want it brown because we want to, otherwise you won't um, taste the um, crochette. And then just cut the crochet in rounds and then fourths. Um, and uh, so you want like little triangles. And then high heat because we don't want it to sort of get all soggy. And loads of nutritional yeast. Uh, juice of one lemon. I like it really lemony. And then you add a bit of the pasta cooking water. So that will thicken the sauce up. And well, obviously some salt. Uh, chili if you want. I don't usually add it to that dish. Adam really likes chili. But and that one is just comfort food. It's great. I love it. It sounds amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I really love lemon. So I just put lemon in everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'll give you the accurate measurements. Oh, thank you but very much. That you're sounds welcome. gorgeous. I really like it. I think one of my tongue was just fresher. You go. <laughs> no. I'll go back yeah. to your cheese for a little bit, talking about mm -hmm. recipes and cooking. And there is one thing that's very, very important to me with your cheese, and that is that I don't have any bad reactions to it. And I tried so many different plant-based uh -huh. cheeses, whether it's cashew, almond, or whatever it is, it always comes down to one thing. It's either skin reaction uh -huh. that I break out, or um, I get... Um, weird eczema thing going okay. on um, or it's digestion I just yeah. get bloated or get tummy cramps I get none of that with your cheese I can eat it left right and center I can eat and usually I, I I'm not allowed really to go to nature's way very often anymore because I always come back with cheese and the problem is the cheese doesn't even make it all the way home by the oh time I get God, home I love you like half the cheese is usually gone between me leaving the shop and getting into the car which is your favorite one it's oh it's a tough one oh, the mozzarella really okay but the mozzarella I, I that does make it home I never open that well no because, that would be yeah, messy that, that would be really messy <laughs> I think it is the cheddar okay alright yeah good I, I really like that a lot it is good it is I haven't good. tasted your Christmas one though oh no yeah okay. I well, missed out on that one next Christmas it'll be next Christmas <laughs> But like yes. I love, I'm obsessed with cranberries. So. Yeah, it was uh, that one. Yeah, the feedback was great on that one, so I was very, I was very pleased. And uh, yeah, so about the reaction thing, um, you mentioned this. I we talked before. I I I don't know what it is because obviously I do research and I want to see what other brands are doing, so I check their ingredients. I think what could be the reason is that uh, you will find that many of the plant-based cheeses that are made in the UK have 
like hard style cheese, let's say, like aged. Well, they're not really aged to begin with. They're cooked, so they have they usually have coconut oil and a kind of starch, which is usually tapioca, and then that mix is cooked, and then it goes in the fridge to, uh, and then it's like portioned and sold. My cheese is different in the sense that there's no coconut oil. There's no oil added except for the ones that have truffle oil but it's just a teaspoon and uh, there's no starch um, so the cheese is dehydrated it's alive the the cultures are alive so in those other cheeses that are cooked because of the temperature the the, the bacteria dies so it could be that so you're getting all the benefits of probiotics and live cultures and things that are happening in the cheese um that being said the mozzarella is cooked so i really don't know must be all the love that i put into the cheese it must be must be the the love and care yes and the quality of ingredients whatever you do keep doing it. yes i'm not i do like when i'm cooking i do like to wing stuff but not with the cheese i follow very strict recipes i write everything down and uh yeah i'm not uh, i know it's nice when you find a product that you like to find consistency so you know that you're gonna get always the same thing so i, I try my best to um to give that to people now one other thing i wanted to ask you is your packaging yes. i love how simple it is how eco-friendly it is but i also appreciate how difficult it probably has been to find eco-friendly packaging that does what it needs to do and mm. um, does not cost you an absolute fortune yes. and still is protective of the environment how did you find that process and how did you do it and what if you could tell us what yeah. your cheese is packaged in okay so it's a work in progress i have to be honest at the beginning because i i didn't know what was gonna happen the first batch sold out in like a couple of hours from nature's way i was like what what's happening uh, it was a very small batch but i didn't expect it that to happen so I had an idea of what I wanted the packaging to be like and then while I was wrapping the cheese I realized that was not gonna work so I had to again wing it and I had those little boxes with the window that you see for like the bundle box those were some boxes that I got for some mini cakes and I was like I'm just gonna put them in there and then the labels came afterwards and they work perfectly the truth is that uh i'm constantly doing research because that little box the window is plastic so eventually i'd like to move on to i think i found something i'm quite excited about but i want to get i like the window because it allows people to see what's inside but you can get window uh compostable sort of plastic so that is my goal i have when it comes to the stickers I am testing some new biodegradable stickers and uh, when the wedges uh, I am working with an Italian company they make this recyclable paper which is what so wax paper cheese paper is not recyclable I mean it's paper but because it has that treatment it just goes 
to like with the landfill so that's not good so i changed that already i am very happy and also this cheese, this paper is amazing it's really thin and it allows the cheese to breathe and because of the nature of my cheese that's what i need i can't use even if you can get um compostable biodegradable vacuum bags my cheese needs to breathe so because of the way that it's made so yeah it's a working progress there are things uh, still there's a lot of room for improvement but i'm trying my best and the thing is that again it's quantity so to make it um viable as a uh, for me as a business i need to buy a lot and i'm not there yet i can't order five thousand whatever so it's i am aware that there's there are things that need to be improved but I'm, I'm i'm getting there slowly and the mozzarella is the only one that because for safety reasons you need to have the um, the tamper proof i haven't seen any um it could be glass that's the other thing so ideally eventually i would like to move on to glass so glass jars um but uh yeah for now that's the only one that's like really bad it's because it's plastic unfortunately but it's a really nice plastic so please keep it at home reuse it you can store herbs or spices or something uh so yeah i do i, do. I reuse <laughs> it yay i do too uh <laughs> so um yeah that's uh but yeah it is it, it it is difficult. No, it yeah. is. It is. And I appreciate how difficult it is because developing those scrubs, I've been looking and looking. And it is the problem for a startup business when you really, really want to be eco friendly and 100% mm -hmm. compostable or recyclable. Yeah. If you really want to go for packaging that does not cost the earth, it is going to cost you a fortune unless you order huge quantities. Yes. And for example, I wanted tins for my scrubs uh -huh. but I wanted them etched yes. or printed directly on the tin so yeah. I avoid having to use label yes. and put glue onto yes. it you can only do that if you're ordering at least 5,000 units of each yes. and if you have different oh, if you yeah. have different scents yes. or different flavor yes. you have to have 5,000 units for each of those flavors mm -hmm. That is impossible. A yeah. storage. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. But of course, money. If yeah. you're a startup business, mm -hmm. you don't have thousands yeah. of pounds lying around mm -hmm. to order so many units of packaging that you don't even know are going to sell. Yes. So I totally appreciate your difficulties. It is very, very hard. It is. I think the most important thing is um, being aware and just just do the best you can. Um, and we're both, I think, on the same page. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend it's the perfect packaging at this moment in time and we're not gonna greenwash it. So look, I'm aware there are things that can be changed. I'm trying my best and my goal is to eventually have fully either recyclable, compostable, biodegradable packaging. So that is the goal and I'm working and I'm making small changes to get there at some stage, hopefully soon. <laughs> I think you've um, had a really, really good start though. Yay! So, you know. <laughs> Thank you. you and you're it. selling plant-based cheese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I tell myself when I feel like I'm being too hard on myself. I'm like, look, I'm already doing something good. But um there's always more you can do and uh but yeah 
slowly. <laughs> now the important bit. Where can people find your teas? And how can people contact you if they have any questions? Are you on social media? Uh, Nature's Way, uh, East Belfast. So uh, they have it. Then the Nutmeg, both in the city center and Bangor. Yes, whoop, whoop. Yes. <laughs> and, um, well, the new stockist, Indie Food. Uh, so for now, that is it. I'm also shipping cheese. So if you are somewhere in Northern Ireland, somewhere else, and don't often come to Belfast or go to Cumber, just uh, you can send me a message. I will tell you how in a second, and I will just post it to you. So um, I have all my paper tape and uh, recyclable uh, like coolant, like a gel pad, so it's all good. And um, to contact me, I am on social media. It's nourish.goodfood on Instagram and Facebook and you can just send me a message there and I always reply. So if you have any questions about whatever, a special occasion, a cheese board, allergens, I don't know, whatever, you just want to talk cheese, just send me a message. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much oh, thank Angela, you. for talking to me and thank you for making your awesome cheese. Thank you so much for coming all the way here and listening to my to me rumbling on. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much. So this was the cheese episode. And uh, I, after the podcast, I kind of proved my own point about Antonella's cheese. Because when I was leaving, she handed me one of her um, beautiful cheeses. It was the blue cheese. And um, <laughs> within 10 minutes, I, as soon as I sat in the car, I opened the package because I um, hadn't um, eaten my breakfast yet. Um, so I recorded the podcast and fasted. And when I got in the car, <laughs> I was already quite hungry and I had the cheese in my hand and the cheese didn't make it home. I literally, within 10 minutes... Uh, so um, the paper made it home. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, by no means this um, is an orange good food cheese. Edward. I know the episode sounds like, but um, the reason why I wanted to speak to Antonella was that I wanted to find out what she does differently with her cheese and why even somebody like me who reacts to any other plant-based cheeses uh, does not react to hers and we didn't seem to quite get to the bottom of it but I think she made a good point about the cooking um, even though her mozzarella as she mentioned her mozzarella is cooked none of her other cheeses are cooked and um, they are still full of the beautiful bacteria that help us digest the food so I think that makes a huge difference. I think that her selection of ingredients also um, is something to bear in mind. And one of the things that makes me quite mad when looking at uh, vegan substitutes, which, by the way, you probably noticed, it's but it, it has become massive. Um, commercially vegan foods like vegan cheese vegan meat substitute it has substitutes it has become massive over the past two three years but if you look at 
not even going into how these things are packaged, but if you look at the ingredients, walk into any of your local supermarkets and lift any vegan meat or cheese substitute. Half the label at the back of it is ingredients. I mean, if that thing has more than 10 ingredients, I would be really questioning how it's made and what it's made out of. Um, any item that is vegan dairy uh, product substitute or meat product substitute that I ever lift in a supermarket is something I would really not consider eating. And the reason is simple. It is how it's made and what it's made out of. Um, it's Everything is way too processed, containing way too many ingredients that don't need to be in it. And there are very, very few products on the market available widely that are, or that I would consider a bit healthier option. Um, but it's very, it's way too few. And I think companies should be held accountable of what they put into their products and also how they package it. Um, and I know it's not easy, but if you're a big company and you're distributing around supermarkets, you should be held accountable um, what you're packaging your food in. Um, and hopefully, um, if we as consumers start questioning what is put in, into our food and what our food is put into we will make a difference and even big companies will start making a change so it starts with us and I'm making a, I'm making a change by shopping local and buying my cheese from Nourish Good Food if you would like to try Antonella's cheese and I do recommend you do if you can spare the money and I am aware not everybody can afford that. It is expensive cheese, but there is a reason for it. Unfortunately, good quality ingredients and eco-friendly packaging are pricey things. And for a small business, that still needs to survive and make some money. Um, it's unfortunate that the cost has to be reflected in the final price of the product. Um, so I am aware that not everybody will be able to try the cheese. But if you can, whether you're vegan or not, I do recommend you try. Um, as Antonella mentioned, you can currently get your cheese in Belfast, in Nature's Way, Nutmeg and Indie Food. And you can also get it in Nutmeg in Bangor. If you're not in Bangor or Belfast or anywhere near and cannot possibly get to any of these shops, you can also approach Antonella online through social media and message her for order and you can get your cheese posted around the UK. As for Antonella's beautiful courgette recipes, as soon as I get them through, I will post them on our social media. So keep your eyes peeled. You will be able to eventually find the recipe on our Instagram and on our Facebook page in the file section. You can get all the recipes shared on this podcast to date. You can also get a full collection in one file of all the recipes from the first 50 episodes. 
This collection has been put together in aid of a local charity, Mind Your Mate and Yourself. You can download this collection either from our Facebook page or from my mice own website under download and donate. And all we ask for is to spare a couple of pounds, as much or as little as you can spare, and donate to the charity in return for all those beautiful recipes. The collection is amazing. It's full of simple yet absolutely delicious recipes that everybody can make whether you can cook or whether you think you can't and if you do download the collection and donate um, you can be certain that we'll all be very very grateful for your donation and your generosity. Another thing that is still available is the Sweet Spot cookbook which you can still order via messaging me online through either Instagram or Facebook and get your book posted anywhere in the UK free of charge or for a posted charge anywhere outside the UK. You can also get the book via Amazon. That's another news. I am not sure if I mentioned it the last time, uh, but our podcast is now available also on Amazon Audible. Have a lovely few weeks until you hear me again. Um, as I mentioned in last episode, I am not sure how often I'll be able to do these podcasts, but I'll do them as often as I can. So have a lovely few weeks, however many weeks it's gonna be before you can hear me in your ears again. Try some plant-based cheese, pay attention to what it's made out of, how it's made and what it's packaged into and whatever you do stay healthy until next time as every week your host is myself Susanna from the sweet spot music by Mark J Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan thank you for listening